Uh, today we have a guest speaker, and it's my privilege to present him. Uh, he comes from one of our awesome institutions of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, Adventist World Radio. And he is the CFO of Adventist World Radio, so we're just so privileged to have Kent Sharp with us. So come on up, Elder. Uh, he will be also our guest speaker for the evangelistic meetings in the month of September, so we're excited. Yeah, we're excited. 11th of September, you know, that's a date that we all remember. And so it's, I think it's a really great day to start our evangelistic series. There's so many memories that come back. So 11th of September through the 25th. And so uh, we're going to have the privilege of getting not only to know you better, but also Adventist World Radio. And, you know, the series that he has is uh, it's called Amazing Prophecies. Amazing Prophecies. And so, Kent, we're honored that you will be with us today and also in the month of September. Uh, we have our sister Sarah that's doing evangelistic meetings right now using the materials from Adventist World Radio. Amen. Okay, the Revelation of Hope series. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going really well. How many of you have been able to join us on Zoom? Well, that's been an amazing experience. So she still has a few more days to go. And so, Kent, thank you for accepting the invitation. And not only has he... Uh, been assigned to be our guest speaker and accepted, but he's also given us some money for evangelistic series. Yeah, he's the guy with the money. <laughs> they're at Adventist World Radio, so they're, they're giving us a lot of support. Uh, we're going to be able to have some, uh, some yard signs for you guys to just put it on your yard and say, we're having some meetings, you know. We're going to have uh, a lot of flyers. We're going to have mail-in. Uh, we're going to have Facebook ads. I mean, it's just going to be amazing, you know. But the most important thing is that you get involved and you invite your friends and your family and your neighbors and coworkers. So, Ken, may God speak through you today at Garland Faith Church. Thank you. Uh, happy Sabbath, everyone. Uh, it is great to be with you. It has been 17 months since I've been allowed to travel. The last time I was allowed to travel, I was in San Antonio. So it's great to be back in Texas. Amen? Ah, amazing prophecies. That's, we have some amazing prophecies, don't we? Uh, what the pastor didn't tell you is there are 215 sites across the Southwestern Union that will be participating in these meetings. Amen? Amen. Isn't that exciting? Amen. You're not doing it by yourself. There's a bunch of us that are doing it. Amen. Unfortunately, you got me as your speaker. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we'll have fun. We'll have fun. It's, uh, one thing I appreciate, I, I just want to take a moment and thank your pastor. Um, We've had several meetings, unfortunately they're all on Zoom, trying to get prepared. You know, we do 200 plus sites, it takes a lot of organization. And so we've been trying to get our pastors together to talk about it. Um, sometimes that's a bit of a challenge. But I want you to know that every time we have scheduled a meeting, the first pastor online is yours. Amen? Amen. As we started talking about it, and, and uh, I, I, did not, I requested to come to the Dallas area. I didn't know which church I was going to get to. 
uh, Dan Cerns, Elder Cerns worked that out, working with the pastor. But as I started asking around, and once I knew where I was coming, I, I found out I was coming to the best church. Amen? Amen? Excited to come, excited to be here, and I'm also very excited that your pastor wanted to go two weeks instead of just one week. Because I love doing evangelism. It's exciting, it's fun, and uh, very, very thankful to be here. At Adventist World Radio, we believe in evangelism, and we have the privilege of doing it all over the world. During the pandemic, we started doing a lot more online than we'd ever done in the past. We'd always had a little online presence, but it hadn't been, it hadn't become prominent for us. And when the pandemic started, well, we, we knew we had an opportunity. And so we started an online evangelistic program with Cami Ootman. Has anybody seen it? Unlocking Bible prophecy, or at least there's one, two, okay. Wow. I guess we didn't do a very good job of advertising, did we? <laughs> ah, Cami did a phenomenal job. Um, I want to say that last I heard, over 10 million people around the world had seen her prophecies in the last year. Amen? Amen. Wow, yeah, God is so good. I believe that it is currently in different stages of being translated into 40 different languages for it to be used around the world. And the number of the 10 million doesn't include those other languages. That's just in English. Just an amazing, amazing uh, opportunity that that Lord has presented to us. Uh, we also have a very amazing program, and I believe there's some training coming. Is it here in the Dallas area? Is that right? I don't know the date, Pastor. You, you'll you'll get it. I believe it. I believe it's going to start next weekend, uh, where we call cell phone evangelism. Everybody has one of these. There are curse in life, aren't they? It used to be that, you know, you'd have to leave a message and hope that people called you back. Now they just expect you to answer right away. But it's created a, a unique opportunity for us. We call it cell phone evangelism. Uh, it's a method where we're sending out pre-recorded evangelistic sermons to people through their cell phones. We started using WhatsApp. You guys use WhatsApp? Yep, you do? All right. We started using it, and uh, we didn't know what would happen. Uh, the first guy who did it started it. He did some advertising for it. And after three days of advertising, he got scared. He had 1,500 people sign up. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Now, since that point in time, that's been about three or four years, since that point in time, there's millions and millions of people that have signed up for cell phone evangelism, uh, including uh, what we would classify as terrorists or assassins or uh, drug cartel members, high, high-level drug cartel members including members of governments in South America that are not friendly to the United States. 
Their leaders are taking cell phone evangelism classes right now. So we're going to have some training. I, I, I'm sorry, I should have gotten the locations. Uh, Pastor Nathan will take care of that. He'll let you know. But it's an amazing program that I hope you'll take advantage of. It's just another way for us to reach out to people to share Jesus with others. At Adventist World Radio, about four years ago, we changed, five years ago, we kind of changed our motto a little bit. Uh, we, we added a little motto that says, we are now broadcast to baptism. AWR 360, broadcast to baptism. Because baptism, right here, that is our goal of what we're about. We want people to join the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And I'm going to tell you a couple of stories real quick before, before I get started here of how evangelism has worked in a couple other places. When we first started, we went to the island of Mindoro in the Philippines. Anybody ever heard of it? Yeah, you got the bronze shirt on. I, I, okay. I recognize that. I got a few of those. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, and we went there. And we, we came, we wanted to do some evangelism. And of course, being part of Adventist World Radio, we said, you got to do the radio work. The people in Mindoro told us, nobody listens to the radio. We don't want to do the radio. They said, we'll do evangelism, but we can't do the radio. And so after a little discussion with them, it's back and forth. We said, if you don't do the radio, we're going to go somewhere else. So they decide the radio might work. So they started the radio program, one to two hours a day, a daily program covering the entire island of Mindoro. Do you know what's on Mindoro? What's that? NPA, rebels, communist rebels that are trying to overthrow the government, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah. They're not, they weren't friendly people. They're, they're, they typically are not. Um, you, you, you could ask. Uh, in fact, when we went, first went there, don't tell anybody, but we actually gave the rebels $1,000 worth of medical supplies just so they would leave our meetings alone. So we always had a certain uh, sign on our car so they would know which cars we were in. Okay? Well, since that point in time, when we started broadcasting, we came for our meetings, we, we suddenly started realizing that something was different. We went to these meetings expecting to have a, our prayer goal for the, for the meetings was 500 baptisms. And we wound up baptizing 1,500 people. Whoa, I heard it. That was what we were saying. So we said, well, what are you doing on the radio? It's so different because we had never seen results like that before. And the uh, local people, well, they had trouble telling us what, what they were doing. You see, they, the, what they were actually doing is they were, they were pre-preaching our evangelistic sermons. They took the, the sermons, the TMI sermons that are being presented right now on Zoom. They took those sermons and they started presenting them on the radio every day. And, and they thought we would be mad because they were pre-preaching our sermons. And we were pretty excited about it. And then all of a sudden we go, oh, Pastor Robert, there's a problem. 
We gave you 19 sermons. You have been on the radio for 90 days, three months. Something's not adding up. What are you doing? You know what he told us he was doing? Repeating the sermons. He went through 1 through 19, and he started over again. And he started over again. And he started over again. And we're going like, oh, can it be that simple? Today, over 10,000 people on that island have been baptized. Okay? Um, The head, the top, top general of the NPA, the very top guy, will be baptized in a couple of months. Along with over 500 of his soldiers. Amen? The government of the Philippines is issuing them amnesty if they'll come down and lay down their weapons. The word of God is ending a war that man could not end on its own. That guns could not end. The only way we can end the war is through the word of God. So we started saying, okay, that was the Philippines. Things are supposed to be easy in the Philippines. So we tried the same thing in the country of Zambia, Africa. Except we went in a time period that was the middle of their winter. And they flat out told us, you can't do evangelism in our winter. Because it's cold and nobody will come. Well, their cold was probably about 60 degrees. (laughs) Okay, but it gets up into, you know, it's 120, 120. 1520 during their summertime, so yeah, that's cold for them. And the wind was blowing, so it was a little, it was a little nippy. But for them, it was just, I mean, they were coming out with their blankets and stuff like that. Uh, But they were, they were hoping for a thousand baptisms in Zambia. In their wintertime, when they told us, you can't do it. You can't do it now. We baptized 18,000 people. Amen? Amen. You know, sometimes we're told and we think that evangelism doesn't work. It can't be done. But it can be done. There is power in the word of God. Amazing prophecies is going to be successful. There are going to be people joining the church because of what is about to happen. And I am thankful that I can play a small part in it. And that you can play a part in it. Your part's actually bigger than mine. My part's easy. I just show up and talk. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a little bit, I have to prepare a little bit for it. But uh, your part, we need your help as well to make these meetings a success. How do I know it's going to be a success? Because the same God that was working in the Philippines, that was working in Zambia, he's the same God that is here in Dallas, North Dallas, right? He's not a different God. He can still touch lives. He can still change lives. And he'll be here to work as well. But there are some things that that we can do to help prepare for the evangelistic meetings. 
And I'd like to, to cover some of those items with you today because they're, they're kind of essential for the meetings to be a success. And, and the first thing that, that we all need to do is we need to pray. Prayer is essential in our lives. It is absolutely necessary for us because with, without prayer, we cannot be effective witnesses for God. Just, it's just not going to work. Um, if we don't have that, that connection with God, we open up a line for the devil to get to us. Uh, like our Sabbath school lesson today, David had that one moment of weakness. And when you're trying to witness, the devil will attack you in, your, in that moment with whatever that weakness is for you. He will attack. So, so prayer is, is vitally important. In fact, Jesus even draws a connection for us between, between prayer and evangelism. All right. It's found uh, in Matthew 9, uh, 37 and 38, where Jesus says, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out his workers, workers into his harvest. You see, when we start witnessing to people, when we start talking to people about God, what we're doing is we're planting a little seed. Uh, and, and, and then God takes that seed and he causes it to grow. We have to, we have to help him plant it. And, and we, then we go to God in prayer. And, and we ask God to help that, that plant grow. We find that in 1 Corinthians 3, 6, and 7, where it says it is God who causes that, that seed, that plant that we do when we witness to people, to grow and that hunger. Because we ask God to, to convict these unrepentant people of their sins. We ask them to awaken this desire to learn more about God in their lives. And the only way we can do that is through prayer. Do you think Jesus prayed much? Yeah. yeah. He did all the time, didn't he? He'd go up into the mountains and pray. It's kind of hard for you to go into the mountains here. Okay, but you can pretend. Okay, I had forgotten how flat Dallas was till I got here. And man, there is nothing to block your view. Uh, it's great. But Jesus would go up in the mountains. Uh, you could find a lot of examples. The entire uh, chapter 17 of John is a prayer that Jesus prayed. Um, how about Paul? You think Paul prayed? Yes. Stephen? Yes. yes. You better believe they prayed. And, and so God wants us to pray. He wants us to spend time with him. So why do we need to pray? Is there another reason we need to pray? There is. It's found in Ephesians 6.12. Where it says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So why do we need to pray? Well, because our battle is not against flesh and blood. 
It's against powers. It's, it's the spiritual forces of darkness that we're battling against. It, it, it's, not like, it's not like the Cowboys lining up on Sunday and playing a game and then afterwards it's all lovey-dovey for a while. Okay? Yeah, I really think it's cool that I can bring God's favorite team into a sermon. That is cool, huh? Uh, yeah. Well, what are the Cowboys doing right now? Incidentally, I have been a Cowboy fan since the 19, early 70s. All right? Because we lived in Ardmore, Oklahoma at the time. My dad was pastoring there. And so I grew up with uh, Tony Dorsett and Roger Staubach and Drew Pearson. Some of the old Cowboys. The legends. Those were, those were the good days. Hopefully, they'll come back sometime. Oh, come on, God. All right, what are the Cowboys doing right now? They're off in training camp. They're preparing for their battles, right? So how do we prepare for our battles? Exactly. Prayer is how we prepare for our battles. Because the battle we're fighting is not, it's a spiritual battle. And, and it, we need divine help for that battle. Did you know that you can actually influence God with your prayers? Yeah. Your prayers make a difference for God. Can anybody tell me an example of that? I'm making it up, aren't I? No, I'm not making it up. You can read it in 2 Kings 20. King Hezekiah. Remember King Hezekiah? He was sick in his bed. And Isaiah the prophet came to him. And he told him the words that you never want to hear. You know what he told him? He says, get your life in order because you're going to die. Don't want to hear those words. No way. So Hezekiah started praying to God. Earnestly praying to God. Saying, I'm not ready to die yet. Lord, help me. And God says it says in verse 5 it says i heard your prayers see god heard hezekiah praying and then he says i seen your tears so not only did he hear he saw hezekiah and he says behold i will heal you and then he says i will extend your life by 15 years amen so god did that because Hezekiah prayed. So our prayers can influence God's. Because God has said, nope, you're done. He sent his prophet to tell him, he's done. Your life is over. Prepare for it. And he prayed. So our prayers can influence. They can make a difference. That is why we have to have prayer in our lives. Eldon Falkenberg tells a story, told, told, told us a story of, they were, I don't even remember where this happened, but they were holding a series of meetings in like four or five churches all at the same time, and this, this one lady did not know how, what she could do to witness for God. So <clears throat> this was back in the days when some of you may not, may not even know what this is, but they had phone books. Uh, yeah, they used to be yellow Thick things. You remember them? We used to always try and see if you could tear them apart. Well, this lady had no idea what to do. 
And, and oh, nowadays we'd be in trouble with it because it had your name, it had your address, and your phone number on it. They could find you through the phone book, couldn't they? Ah, now it's a little more secure. We don't, they don't have our addresses. I guess you have to search a little harder for it. But uh, so she, she went to her phone book and she arbitrarily picked out five names in the phone book several months before the meeting and she prayed for those five people father please remember kent sharp at 1425 crockett lane blah 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 and she did that for all five of them day after day after day the meetings came the first night she met one of those people she had been praying for Couple of days later, she met another one that she had been praying for. And when it came time for the baptism at her church, three of them, of the five that she had been praying for, were at her church and were baptized. Amen? Amen? That's not the end of the story. See, the pastor was with her, and that day they're having a potluck to welcome everybody, and, and they start, she started talking, and, and so that's when she told the pastor what she had happened. And she was just so excited, and the pastor said, what are the names of the other two people? So she told him. And you, know, you, 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 you kind of just, a, I know those names. And so he did a quick call, some of the other churches. Those other two were also baptized. Amen. Amen? All because she took a phone book and arbitrarily chose five names and interceded for them, earnestly interceded for them with God. So we can pray that the Lord will bring us people that we can witness for, witness to. Bring us people that we can invite to come to the meetings, that we can start talking to now about, about how Jesus can work in their lives. Matthew 9, 37 and 38 tells us that, that we are to ask God for workers to go out in his vineyard. He says the harvest is ready, but there aren't workers to work in the harvest. It says the field is ready. The crops are ripe. People are ready. So what is our field? Our field is garland. Right? That's where we've been assigned to work. This is our territory. And who are the workers? All of us. We're all going to do it together. We are the workers. There are people that need to know about Jesus. They need to find eternal salvation. Jesus says, go and make disciples, and that is what we want to do. So we need to be able to pray that Jesus will help us find people to witness to, that we can invite them to the meetings. Now, something else we need to pray for. We need to pray for compassion. Yeah, you know, it, it's, um, there are some things I don't care a whole lot about. You, you know, it just, we all have that. Uh, but if we don't have compassion and we don't have that concern for the lost, 
for the people here in Garland? How are we going to have a passion to reach them? And we need that passion. So let's pray that God will will give us that that passion and that desire to witness for people. Um, Story, I, I just heard this. I want to say it was the last week or two. There was a, a lady, and, and I want to say, I, I think she was working in Washington, D.C., at one of the, at the big, one of the government offices down there. And she had been working there for 15, 20 years or something, and had never witnessed to a single person. Had never had a single person, I mean, you know, it, 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 there's, there's verbal witnessing and there's nonverbal witnessing, Correct. And so she was trying to do the nonverbal witnessing. But nobody was, was talking to her. And, and so she, it became a burden for her. And so she started praying. She, she started saying, Lord, send me people at work that I can talk to. Help me find someone that I can share you with at work. And the next week... She had five different people. Amen? Five different people came up to her and started talking to her about Jesus. And she got excited and she continued praying. And the next night, next week, five more. Now she is holding Bible studies in a government office building with ten people. Amen? Isn't that exciting? You know, we just need to be able to pray for some boldness in our lives. Be willing to ask people to, to, to come to accept Jesus. Because if we don't do it, who's going to? And, and it's not easy. Trust me, I know it's not easy. Um, many, many people are scared to go and, and ask. I was doing evangelism in Zim- Zimbabwe once. And I went to this church. We started on a Friday night. And I was excited because there were about 750, 800 people showed up. I mean, that was exciting. I mean, there's nothing like having a big crowd to get a, to get a preacher going. You were there? Okay. All right. Are you from Zambia? Zimbabwe? Okay. Which, what part? What part? Harare? All right, that's where I was, I think. I think I was in Harare. I've done it twice, a couple of times in Harare. But I went out, and, and after that Friday night, I asked how many visitors there were. Because, you know, if you have 800 people, you're expecting a lot of visitors. There were five. And I go, oh. And it bugged me all Friday night. You know, I'm supposed to be preparing for a sermon Sabbath morning, and I just couldn't get over the five visitors showing up. So I got up the next morning, and I went out there, and it was still bugging me. I get to the site, and they're having Sabbath school. Okay? I didn't understand a single word. You know, I speak every language in the world except Greek, and it all sounds Greek to me. <laughs> okay? And so I went to the pastor, and I said, Pastor, is there anybody that can, can translate for me that can, that can... And he thought I wanted someone to translate the, the sermons, the, the Sabbath school. I said, no, I don't, want, I don't want someone to do that. I said, I want to go to the neighborhoods. And, and they were in the, uh, 
the, what they call the high density area for the meetings. Uh, we would call it the slums. And so I, I said, is there somebody that can just go with me? I want to go start knocking on doors and inviting people to come to the meetings. And, and the pastor, you know, after he picked his mouth back up, he found a couple of young people to go with me. And, and the young people just, they were, they were scared to death. They were like, are we really going to go to these doors? I said, yeah, all you got to do is translate what I say. Help the people understand. Because they, they speak a lot of English in Zimbabwe anyway. So they were, they, we went and we just started knocking on doors. Well, I didn't look back when we started walking off. I was later told that everybody else at Sabbath school turned and watched, watched me and this, this young couple walk off because it was just like they had never seen anything like it. But we just started going and knocking on doors. And, and the next, that Saturday night, we had, we probably had about 50 to 60 non-Adventists show up. And it was, and, and then the local people started getting excited about it too. But it's not easy because people are going to tell you no. But they're not telling you no. They're telling. Yep. So don't take it personally if the door slammed in your face. It's not you. It's God they're saying no to. So um, another thing you could pray for, and this one's a big one. You need to pray for your speaker. All right, I, I, he needs your prayer. Constantly needs prayer. So I would appreciate you praying for me. And as the pastor alluded to, we are doing a lot of advertising. We are planning on sending out about 50,000 handbills just for this meeting here alone. We're going to spend $1,500 to $2,500 on social media advertising just for this meeting alone. You know, one thing nice about being the treasurer and having a little control over the money is you did get to help with the allocations a little bit, right? And I believe that we're going to try and have a children's program as well. Is that right? Yes. So praise God for that. So pray for the advertising as well. Prayer is the number one essential item to making the meetings a success. Amen? The second most important item. There are three I'm going to cover today. Prayer is the first. The second most important item is you need to invite your friends and your relatives. It's up to you. The mailings are great. They, they work a little bit, but they're not the best form of advertising. You people sitting out here tonight, today, you're the best form of advertising. You will bring our best leads to the meetings. My dad was holding a series of meetings in Missouri. I was born in Missouri. My dad's a pastor. He's retired now. He still preaches every Sabbath. He's about 80, almost 90 years old. But he still preaches every Sabbath, so I'm hoping I have his energy and vitality. You know. But uh, he was holding a series of meetings in Missouri. And he was encouraging his members, like I am with you right now, to invite their friends. And he kind of noticed this one lady sitting back there. She was probably in her, in her 30s. And she was kind of just sitting there, not, not responding at all. So after the service, Dad went up to her and, and he talked to her and he said, don't you have anybody you can invite to the meetings? 
And she says, no, what, what about your, your family, your father, your mother, your brothers, your sisters, your aunts, uncles? No, they have no interest in it. You mean they never talked to you about Jesus at all? Well, they did once, but it just didn't, it didn't go very good. It just didn't, it's just, so they don't talk to me about it. Dad thinks about it, he says, I tell you what, what if I go and talk to your father? Oh, no, 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 that won't work. That won't work. That'll make things worse. Okay, well, what if I were to go and pray with your father? Oh, well, well maybe you can come and pray for my father. That might work. So she, she talked to her dad and said, hey, my pastor would like to come and pray with you. Is that okay? So they arranged the time. Dad goes and prays with him. And then dad invites him to the meeting like you guys know we would. Uh, so the father, believe it or not, gets excited about it. He says, yeah, I've been interested in it. I've been watching my daughter. I'm very curious about what she's, she's studying. So not only does he come, he brings her entire family and the extended family. Nine of her family members, nine, were baptized. And she said, no one in my family is interested. So, maybe you have someone you're afraid to talk to. Invite the pastor to come with you to pray with them. And he can, he can, he can help with that. In fact... We're going to ask you to think about it because at the end, we have a little brochure here for you, a little pamphlet where we want you to write down. We have six, five spots. There's room for more of names of people that you would like to invite to the meetings. All right, now's the time to start. Write their names down. We have months of time. We can start praying for them. So let's write their names down. We're going to give two of them to you. We want you to write it down twice. One for you to keep and pray for, and the other one for us to also pray for. All right? So we're going to hand this out. At, you want to hand them out now? Or, yeah, okay. Well, they'll start handing them out now so you can start. But write the names down. And if you're afraid to talk to somebody about it, about coming, I know, I know the pastor will be delighted to go with you. Okay. And I'll be back two or three days before the meeting starts. I will be happy to go with you too. So it is important that we, uh, we ask our friends and relatives to come. And the next most important, the third most important item for for success in evangelistic meetings. Can you guess what it is? What's that? Attend yourself. She got, did you see my notes? Okay. We, all right. That is exactly it. Um, have you ever been to, to a restaurant and you go in and there's literally no one there? And you're like, do I really want to eat here? You know, there's nobody. What's, what's wrong with this restaurant that I don't know about? Um, if, if I'm looking for a restaurant here in the Dallas area, I'm going to look for a restaurant that has cars at it. If I drive by and I see nobody there, I'm not going there. There's a problem. 
Yeah. I want to go someplace where the people know where the good food is. And there's usually cars there. Right? Well, the same thing's going to happen at the meeting. If the people come and there's just empty pews, how long do you think they're going to stay? Not long. But if they come and there's, there's people here and things are happening, then it's like, okay, maybe there's something to this. Others are interested. Others are interested as well. So we desperately need you to come. All right, we're, we're thankful that people are watching online. All right, and, and we're going to be streaming the meetings so you can watch online. But we need you to come physically here. Because that's important. One, we need your presence, but we also need you to make friends with these people. Right? I'll have to admit, I've visited a lot of churches in my life, and it has been a long time since I have visited a church as friendly as the Garland. Amen? I was surprised at how many people said hello to me. You'd be surprised how many, I can go into some churches and nobody says hello. And, uh, but it didn't happen here. So I know you guys are going to make friends with people. But that is important. You have to be here. Another thing that's important, we will be doing decision cards similar to this. And I know you're going to sit back there and say, I'm already an Adventist. I don't need to fill those cards out. But you know what? We need you to fill the cards out. Because it's an example. Okay? It's an example to others to come. And when they see you filling it out, then they're like, oh, maybe I should too. Um, the worst thing, you, the hardest thing to do is to do something by yourself. You asked for visitors this morning, right? I forget who the lady was that asked for visitors. Right? Oh, there you are. How could I forget that? I was the only one that raised my hand. Yeah? I may be the only visitor. I don't know. But I raised my hand. All right? You'd be surprised how many people won't raise their hand because I don't want anybody to look at me. They're going to call me up front. They're going to embarrass me now. All right? So, you know, and, and if you're the only one, well, I hand this card out. I'm the only one doing it. I'm not going to do it. Okay? So please come to the meetings. I don't care if you just come and you don't want to listen to the message. Just come and play on your phone. Just take up space. All right? We just need you here to fill up, to, to encourage the others that there is something to this. Amen? Uh, you know, God is so good. And, and, and it's exciting doing mission work overseas. And I've had the privilege of doing a lot of it, and I hope that God continues to give me that opportunity. But do you know where I'm really concerned about? My home country. My home country. I love going to Zimbabwe, been to the Philippines. It, it, it's, it's wonderful. Next Sabbath, I got a really tough trip. I'm supposed to be in the Virgin Islands next weekend. Somebody's got to do it. I know. It's rough. Uh, but uh, it, it is exciting. It is fun. But here in America, 
we need an awakening here, don't we? And I truly believe that this same God, the same God that's working overseas, that's touching the lives of of the rebels in Mindoro, that's touching the lives of the drug cartel members down in Colombia and Venezuela, that's touching the, the lives of what we would call terrorists in, in the Gaza Strip. And it's happening. We are giving Bible studies right now to our quote-unquote terrorists from the Gaza Strip. Amen? Amen. Can you believe that? Amen. Hardest to reach places in the earth we're reaching. But that same God can do wonders right here above and beyond what we expect. So please, please, please fill out these cards for us. Turn them in. The pastor and I are going to be praying for you. And we, we want to pray for names. Names make a difference. You know, the more specific you can get in your prayer, the better it is. You know, it's just, okay, yeah, everybody's got a, a prayer request. You raise your hands. Okay, yeah, that's great. We all have those unspoken. But if we're able to pray for people by name, like that lady that Pastor Falkenberg was talking about, she started praying for them, and they came. That's what we want. Because we would love to see Every spot in this church filled up. I would love to be able to leave in September or in October and you have to go to two services. Wouldn't that be exciting? Yeah. Let your pastor preach twice a day instead of just once. Uh, Listen, I want to pray for you and just rest assured that my wife, Lisa, who is watching online at least she told me she was so i'm sure she is uh she'll correct my sermon when i get home but that's okay (laughs) um we will be praying for you and i'm sure that eventually i will get hold of the list of names as well and we will be praying for the names as well i am excited about what is about to happen I'm excited and thankful for the opportunity to come. So, Pastor Delama, thank you for the invitation. And I want to thank you for the opportunity for sharing and being able to share in the future with so you. So we do have the video of the road trip of the Texas Conference. So let's go ahead and put that up. Okay. So watch this. This is amazing. So when it's here in the area, there's going to be a drawing for a cell phone. It could be an Android or an Apple. So you can do evangelism through your cell phone. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and put that up. This was made by Adventist World Radio with Dan Cerns. <laughs> All right. Can we get some volume up there? Many people around the world are asking questions such as, where is God in this pandemic? Is this just another virus out of control? Does the Bible speak about pandemics and pestilence? While there is good news, the Bible does provide answers to these questions and hope. So where are the people? Will they listen? 
How can they ask me questions? How can I interact with them to build trust and friendship? And how can I share the good news from Scripture with them? That is what Adventist World Radio cell phone evangelism is all about. Connecting with people directly on their cell phones and sharing inspirational audio and video messages with them as a friend. You see, Jesus went to the marketplace to find the lost. Our marketplace today is social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Almost 4 billion people in the world today have smartphones, and most of them spend 3 to 6 hours each day on their mobile device. So let's meet people where they are, on their cell phones. Awesome, right? So how does cell phone evangelism work? Well, you have to invite your friends, family, co-workers, and neighbors. Alternatively, you have to share a web link on social media. And now they are connected to you directly by the Adventist World Radio Digital Missionary app. This way, you can easily get their prayer requests and answer their Bible questions. And you can build a friendship that can last an eternity. That is all there is to it. So join our training sessions now and make a difference. Well, there you have it. So let's turn one of these in and keep the other one with you at all times so you can be praying for these co-workers, your family, your friends, okay? And we'll be sending this list also to our elder here so you guys can be praying for these folks also. Okay. Thank you. And it looked like the closest one to you may be Richardson. Richardson, yes. That's ours. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So that I, it was on 30, a Sabbath afternoon. 31st, yeah. 31st? 31st. That is a wonderful program. You don't have to a cell phone evangelism. You don't have to be the speaker. Amen? Amen. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's kind of intimidating sometimes to be the speaker. I tell you what, let me pray with you. And uh, let's just bow our heads here. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for the Garland Church here. Father, just I pray for a special blessing upon them. I pray for the meetings that are going on right now, the Zoom meetings. Father, I just pray that you will continue to bless, bring people to hear Bring them with open hearts, open minds, and help them to accept the messages that are being presented to them. Father, I want to pray for the witnessing work that is about to begin here. Father, just help us to find the right people. Give us a boldness from you to be willing to, to talk to people, to share you with them, to become friends with them, and to be willing to invite our family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, to the meeting so that they can learn of your great love, your great mercy, and have eternal life. That they can learn there's something better than what this old ugly world has to offer. Father, just be with the meetings as they're coming up, the pre-work, the people here. Keep us all safe. Keep us all well. Father, keep us all close to you. We dedicate these meetings to you. 
In your name we pray. Amen.